Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at all the action from day three at Lords in the only test between England and Ireland. And there was some action today. Uh, we thought it might be over by uh, the drinks break. It wasn't. We thought it might be over by lunch. It wasn't. In fact, it went past tea. Who'd have thought it? Not I or Harmy here on the following on podcast. So if you're listening to the show, you no doubt know by now that England have uh, won the uh, Test match. They've beaten Ireland by 10 wickets, which means they had to bat again. They did indeed. They batted for four deliveries. Zach Crawley hit three of those four deliveries for four. And uh, so they all trooped off, but not before Ireland had batted. Batted well. 44 for Tucker, 51 for Tector, uh, 88 for Adair. And he top scored. Uh, 86 not out for McBride. Uh, a partnership of 163 between Adair and McBride. Expensive-looking bowling figures as well for uh, Matt Potts, who bowled without a lot of luck, to be honest, throughout the Test match. Jack Leach, 20 overs, went for 90. And we got a fiver for Josh Tong. So uh, plenty to... Uh, well, I was going to do the obvious joke then, but I won't. Um, but yeah, plenty to talk about here on the Falling On podcast. Story of the day. So, Harley, uh, where should we start? Stokes injury, good batting from Ireland. Pfeiffer for Josh Tung, uh, player of the match is Ollie Pope. Should that have been the, the case? It was always going to be the case, but uh, essentially it was a bit of a, not a weird one, but, um, you know, Stuart Broad with Pfeiffer, he was really the reason that uh, England set the victory up. I mean, what do you want to talk about? I mean, there's been a huge announcement today. David Warner, we're here, we're here from that a little bit later. David Warner announcing his retirement at the end of the year. And the Ashes squad, England's Ashes squad's been announced as well. So lots to talk about in the show today. Where do you want to start? I think one of the big things I'll start with is a slight concern would be that middle section where the ball went flat, pitch went flat, didn't came out. Um, England's, the one thing England have done brilliantly so far under Stokes and McCullum, picked the right team for the right situation. Um, and their selection has arguably been better than their performances. Um, the selections have been nailed on. And that, for me, is where England are going to have to get it right because you've got to look at... I think, yeah, we're playing Ireland and you know, they showed some great fight. There were periods in that middle where you're thinking England just looked as though they were short of a gallop. They looked as though they were... Um, 
not not flat, but uh, sort of devoid ideas a little bit. And that was against, you know, second rate county, second rate first class cricketers, if you want to really be sort of brutally honest. Um, it wasn't until Josh Tunk came back with a, the ball a little bit older where he stopped bowling short balls, he hit the top of the stumps and 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 that I don't really want to start on a negative, but I think that is something we have to keep in mind that if we don't get our bowling selections right, then we will lose the ashes. And what I mean by that is Stuart Brawl gets five for in the first game, first innings of, of Ireland, and I'm still hearing commentators. I'm still hearing pundits, you know, especially from another radio broadcaster who said England should go in the first test without Anderson. I couldn't believe that. Or they go in with Anderson, Broad, Robinson. I think that was a lesson tonight that player, one of our fast men in every single game. And I think it just shows, you know, what a difference, you know, 36 hours, 48 hours max, because, you know, all the euphoria of Bowling Island out, going and getting 500. I think we got a small sample size middle of the afternoon today. That that's what it's going to be like, possibly for five and a half, six weeks. It really is against Australia because if they get in and it gets flat, then we're going to have to hard, work hard for our wickets, and that's what we did. We worked hard for our wickets, so I think that is something I think we need to be mindful of. I thought Josh Tungball really well. Batten was was, I think, was self-explanatory. People played had some time at the middle. Um, our catching was decent, which is something we we haven't always been great at. But I think if we ha- if we don't get our bowling selection right over the course of six and a half weeks, that that's what might beat us, rather than the opposition. Because if we have three eighty mile an hour seams on a pitch like we did today with a ball like we had today and the overhead conditions, then you know, we've just we've just had an eight, nine, ten, eleven from Ireland. It's over 250 balls. If Smith and Labashian face 250 balls and in the middle of an afternoon of a middle of the day of an Ashes test match, they'll get 300, 250, 300 runs. And that, it would be a little slight concern for me. What about Stokes? You've been speaking about his knee for about a year. Uh, I imagine we're going to have another two months of everybody speaking about Stokes' knee. If Let's just, let's just say he doesn't bowl, right? Because... It's difficult to see him bowling when he can't even take a catch without grimacing. Or, but let, so let's just say he doesn't bowl, right? That completely upsets the balance of the side. And England will have to go in with another bowler, won't they? Quite possibly. Um, that's what I've said, I said last week in the, on the collective that I, I thought Sam Curran should have been brought into the squad. Sam Curran then gives you the opposite op- opportunity to bat everybody higher one if one of your openers fails. Well, obviously, I was talking before Ben Duckett got you know, the best part of a double hundred, hundred and eighty, eighty-two. Now, that is an option if that comes to it. But I'll flip this over. I've got full trust in Ben Stokes as a as a cricketer, as a person, and all round package that he would believes that whatever needs must will happen. Now, we've seen him on day one, running around the field, everybody's going, oh, he's, he's worked in Chennai, he's supposed to be good. It was a Ben Stokes' knee, and I've not spoken to him. I've, I've spoken to him about a couple of things, but I've not spoken to him about his knee. Ben Stokes' his knee, I think, is probably in a similar position to what he was at the start of last summer. I think me and Manners have always joked that 
He's got a thousand overs left in him in world cricket. He's his whole career, and he has to use them wisely. Now that's a joke, but true. And I think what needs to happen now is I think we need to forget about Ben Stokes's knee. Ben Stokes is going to go a long period, a long period in this series without bowling, and then going to come out and bowl a fifteen-over spell between lunch and tea in an afternoon when he needs to, because that's what his team needs to. He winced when he took a catch. Look, he's, his body's aging, his body's older. I'm sure if you watch Jimmy Anderson come sort of third or fourth test match, are we going to be whinging about Jimmy Anderson not picking himself up after diving for a ball, after bowling 35 overs? His body is just, his body's, this is the way Ben Stokes' body is. I fully trust Ben Stokes going into this series the way he needs to go into this series to pick the right side and contribute in the right way. If he needs to bowl, he'll bowl. If he doesn't need to bowl, he'll make sure that he'll only only utilise his bowling when he actually needs it. One thing I will say on this, if Ben Stokes thought his knee was completely gone and he had no movement whatsoever, Ben Stokes wouldn't be feeling extra cover. He wouldn't be feeling it mid-on or mid-off. He'd be feeling it slip. And he'd stand there and orchestrate everything that's going, potentially bring another bowler into the team rather than to balance the side out. But the reason why he's feeling the mid on and mid off or extra cover is because he still feels as though he can move. So I think we've got to get away from the, the every time he starts wincing, oh, is this going to be him for the ashes? Is he going to struggle this, that, and the other? If he starts wincing like he did in, Mel, in Mel, Wellington when he, had a, when he struggled with a bat, then I'd be concerned. But I think at this minute in time, we have to trust the England captain. And I, I believe he's probably where he was at this time at the start of last summer. I think he's just got to utilise his bowling whenever necessary for him and the team at the right time to make sure that he doesn't sort of you know, run himself into the ground. And what about that test squad announcement, the two tests? I mean, I suppose that, that really brings us quite nicely onto that because if Ben Stokes or the England uh, squad believed that there was a problem with Ben Stokes' knee, then you would have seen someone like Sam Curran included in the 16-man squad, rather than, than just essentially announcing the same 16 that was announced for this test. Yeah, but you've also, I think, where you've got Sam Curran, I think you've got Chris Wokes. And I think Chris Wokes is, I think, rightly so, in Test Match Cricket, he's ahead of Sam Curran. So Chris Wokes could play that role, if necessarily and need be. But, you know, Wokes at seven, Broad or, or Robinson at eight, that's a teal. So, you know, I think the the interesting thing for me is two things. You know, you've got this squad, and it's a it's a it's a fine squad. It's a squad that probably uh, inevitable that Josh Josh Tung was going to keep his place. Dan Lawrence to be the spare batter. You've got all the bowlers that are in there. I think you struggle on the second spinner or ear top quality spinner. If if truth must be known, even though Stokes has done well with Leach, but let's go back in a little bit back in history and. There was you know, Michael Atherton and Nasser Hussain were talking about it today. Teams that have won the Ashes for England in the last thirty odd years, they've had a they've had an unbelievable all rounder. You know, both of them all the way through that time. Stoke, I mean, Flint off through my time, and Stokes afterwards. The only anomaly to this is um, Sir Andrew Strauss's team, who played with three seamers and, and Graham Swan. But Graham Swan was such a spin bowler that he could have control and attack. So he was, he was kind of like your all-rounder and you had prior broad from a run's point of view to make sure that you you know you had all bases covered to get big scores and giving yourselves time that four balls needed to win the Ashes. 
is. Unfortunately, I don't think England have got that bowling attack. We're the three seamers, and and I don't think the spinners anywhere near as good as what 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 Strauss had. So, looking at that group and that sixteen man squad, like he was, comes back to what I said right at the top of this podcast, is that we have got to get our selection right in every game to give us the best chance to win. Now we've been good at that, and even Josh Tung averaging. 40 and four championship games this year. Plucked him out of nowhere, straight in, bang, off the good winter, and he performed. So that's going to have to happen. The balance of the side is largely down to Stokes. It's a well-balanced group, what's out there, but it comes down to not to 16. Forget the 16. You know, they could have picked 25 if they wanted to there. The most important thing is they get Edgebaston's 11 right, they get Lords' 11 right, and they get Leeds' 11 right. And I think if they can do that right, They've got a great chance of winning. Um, it just comes back to the fact that we're going to need that little bit X X factor. And that X factor is Mark Wood and where people fit in. I still comes back to what I said we've been for the last few weeks. England's best bowling attack for the first test match at Edgebaston is Wood, Robinson and Anderson alongside Leach. So that for me is the starting base where the best 11 goes and what happens from there I think is down to body body um, whether the bodies are up to it um, can you recover quickly and also performance if England are performing well then they'll breeze into the next test match it's if they don't get that ear star bowling attack that for me is what would concern me of where the series could possibly go uh, I should say, you're uh, recording this in a car, watching your son, Charlie, play cricket. How's he doing? Can you tell? He's doing all right. Yeah, um, the 40 for two, looking out the window, the 40 for two at the minute. I think he's just got a wicket. So, hey. we're happy. They've just getting, they've got 295, so you know, Alan Mouth are 40 for two at this minute in time. So, yeah, good signs for Charlie. He can only bowl one more, and then he has to come off. So. How did, uh, talking about... Uh... Talking about bowlers, how how did you see how Jack Leach went today? Twenty overs, one for ninety against Ireland at Lords with the RS front pad. He struggled against the left leg, the, the sort of left handers, didn't he? Really, and can England? There's another. That's another. It, it'll never happen. Another selection conundrum. If there's no Stokes. Bowl or Stokes doesn't bowl as much as what Ben would like to. Do England just play four seamers? If you if you look at England best four bowlers in the in the sixteen man squad, it probably wouldn't be Jack Leach, but it also would probably take. You couldn't then probably play Tung or or, or Wood in the same same attack, or could you play Tung and Wood in the same attack if you you were just playing four seamers with your two with that would be a big Aspen Anderson to hold it all together if. If the wicket gets flat, you're trying to ball, possibly trying to sort of contain if Australia get a good partnership going. Um, you probably have to play the spinner, but it would it would slightly concern me a little bit by his, I think his ability to not hold an end up while the others bowl around him. He bowled four maidens against Ireland. You know, six maid, he bowled six maidens out of thirty-four overs. Against Ireland at Lords, 
And what I and when I'm <clears throat> I'm not putting the context what I mean by loads. When you bowl at loads, you've got the slope. So whichever end you bowl from, you've got the slope in your further. So you know, running down the hill, balls, you know, skidding on, going down the hill, or you can potentially go up the hill. Now, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, wouldn't wouldn't be an issue. That wouldn't be an issue. The Lord's slope for me, but with the, with the, the sort of more of DRS comes in, and you just got to touch that front pad, and the, you know you're in the game as a spin bowler, you're more dangerous. You know the great Shane Warne shouting and abusing from the the media box. How many wickets would I have getting with a front pad if DRS was in for my first fifteen years of my career? I look at the way Jack bowled today. I'd be I wouldn't be concerned, you know, massively. But it would worry me a little bit that he's he's gone for ninety runs at twenty overs in the second innings against Ireland when you've got Ashes in ten days' time. Oof. Tough call. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. moment of the day. David Warner was speaking today. Uh, Jared headed down there. Uh, he was in Beckenham, which is uh, very close to where both me and Jared, Jared Kimber, by the way, for those listeners new to the show or the station. Not that there's many Jareds in cricket. Um, in fact, <laughs> I, I, there's two Beckenham cricket clubs, though. I, I was at one of them with my son and daughter for All-Stars cricket. And uh, Jared was at the other one where Kent plays some of their county games. Um, and he had this to say. Let's just have a listen. Um, I've always said that the World Cup would probably be my final game. Um, but I think, you know, I'll probably owe it to myself and my family. Um, you know, if I can score runs here, continue to play back in Australia, um, I can definitely say I won't be playing that West Indies series. So I think if I get through this and, and I can make the Pakistan series, I'll definitely uh, finish up then. I'm not sure. It, so the interview is quite interesting because it came at the end of the interview and... I'm not sure anybody was actually expecting him to announce his retirement. <laughs> and so I mm. think uh, there was a bit of a surprise. But essentially, I'm I'm not sure if he's made it aware behind the scenes that he's decided. It's a very Australian thing, isn't it, to announce your retirement? You're, you're going to re- retire ahead of when you actually do. And then you have a tour around Australia. Adam Gilchrist did it, didn't he? And you, of course, played in mm. that series in 06, 07 when three of them did it. But um, I, I know you're going to speak at length about this with... Uh, Manners on the Cricket Collective. That's Neil Manthorpe 
by the way, for any listeners who don't know who I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But I tell you what, um, you know, when you watch a lot of cricket, let's be honest, there are times when it, it, it matters more, you know, and there are times when possibly it doesn't matter as much as it did or should. But I've never, ever watched David Warner getting out and, you know, not thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, he is <laughs> he is the, the kind of pantomime villain that every Ashes needs. And if this is his last Ashes, I mean, he may not even make it through all five test matches, right? Um, there's question marks over his position at the top of the order. But he when he walks away from the game, I can't I can't quite work out where he's going to go after the game finishes, to be honest. You know, I can't see him really sitting in the pundit's chair. I actually think he might be a better coach, to be honest. But he may just walk away from the game altogether. Who knows? But do you know what? In the same way that I couldn't stomach Rick, watching Ricky Ponting, and I'm sure you couldn't stomach, well, I know you couldn't stomach bowling to Ricky Ponting. When these guys leave, even though they've played for the other team, they're going to be missed. Wouldn't you agree? 100%. I 100%. I actually think this is a masterstroke. I really think this is a masterstroke by Warner. I really do. And that is, he is, he's not buying himself some time because I think everybody knows his journey path is, is, is written for him. He's got two test matches to perform. And if he doesn't perform, he's gone. And I think the, the, the George Bailey and the, the Australian selectors have more or less painted that narrative with how they picked their squad. Because let's be fair, they, they don't pick squads for two test matches against England. They come over with a full shooting match. This is a squad. We're going to get take you on. We're going to beat you. But now they've come over probably to send a message that you know Warner's got two test matches and then he's gone. And it was interesting listening to him. It's like it's a bit like Swanee. Swanee did the same. I think I think Swanee told the world before he told his team when Swanee decided that his elbow was bad enough to to leave in in Melbourne or Sydney whenever whenever that was. Him and along with Matt Pryor got left out and. But I think from a Warner's point of view, it is right. Something to get him going. Get him going. He's got he is a he is a Jack Russell. He is a fighter, he's a scrapper. Now, because of that, this is just that little added extra incentive, this little extra boost to go out there in the first two test matches, to take England on and go, right, I'm gonna be there right at the very end. I'm gonna buy me I'm gonna buy myself some time to get us to the start of the Australian summer. So I can go out the way I deserve to go out. And he does, mate. He does. No matter what pantomime villain David Warner is, and we love to knock him and we love to give him stick. Look, if he wasn't playing against England, I'd say he deserves, I hope he gets to Pakistan at the SCG and walks off with hands in the air because David Warner's been good for cricket, right? And I mean this in every way apart from, obviously, the scandal in South Africa. He's been good for cricket. He's been... He's been an excellent performer. He's always in the talking point. He gives as good as he you know, receives. You know, he's given, he has given people so much stick throughout his career. But boy, has he been giving it back from everywhere. You know, opposition players, opposition fans, opposition media. We've all had a dig at him. Um, he has been, when he goes, like you say, he will be missed because there'll be nobody else to shout at him. I think apart from one ill, I think, some stupidity going through his head. You know, did a, a lunch break or a tea break. I can't remember where it was in in South Africa when they decided to to try and sort of alter the ball. I think 
you know, apart from that, everything else he's done, he's been for me, he's been good for the game because he's always given you a talking point. He plays with it, you know, a, a real desire for him to win for his team. Bats quickly, you know, goes at the ball, goes hard at the player. I've got no problem with that. They're winners, they're champions, and uh, I, I part of us wants him to get through the series and go to, to Australia and finish the way he deserves. Other part of us thinks if England want to win this Test Series, Warner's career finishing at Lords, that would be that would that would be brilliant for England because if Warner doesn't play after Lords, it means England have taken early wickets, knocked over Jerry Warner and there it goes. So, yeah, that's what I want to see, unfortunately for him. But when you're right, to go out the top and go out the way he wants to, I think his career deserves that and he will be missed no matter what anybody says. And where he comes, does he come back as a coach? I think he'll be a very good coach because there's things that he's done in his career, environments he's been in and situations he's been around. I think he's got more experience than anybody else when it comes to that. So I think he'd be quite good at that. Um, and I also think he's got a good character for the game as well. So he might be good, quite good value in the in the commentary box. But Boy, you could take some stick sitting alongside him because you could have some fun with him. Because yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. It doesn't seem as though he's the brightest two on the box, so you could have some, you know, some back and forwards with him. So, um, it, it's a weird one the way he announced it. Um, but it's just another little sort of message narrative that David Warner brings to what is a great game. It was some uh, some lovely little moments. He was asked about Stuart Broad, and he basically said. I'm here to talk about the World Test Championship. After that game is over, and if Stuart Broad is selected for the first test of an Ashes series <laughs> this time, then I'll talk about it. He's, he's, he knows exactly what he's doing. That's it. Fantastic. What is going to happen tomorrow? Uh, obviously, there is no tomorrow in terms of this test match. Who's your 11 for that first test? against Australia at Edgbaston starting 16th of June. Uh, Duckett, Crawley, Pope, Root, Brooks, Stokes, Bairstow, which is a given. Um, Leach is my spinner. Um, Anderson, Robinson and Mark Wood is my 11 for that first test match against Australia. England are going to need a firepower because the wicket at Edgbaston will be flat. It'll be good. Um, and England going to need Broad, uh, sorry, Anderson and, and Robinson as fully fit as they possibly can be to come into that game um, and fire. And if England can start well with that team, then fingers crossed they go well into that series because I worry a little bit about our squad, squad depth. And I'm also concerned that from a, a bowling point of view, where's our point of difference? And our point of difference, if a spin bowler gets belted out of park or Australia get on top of Jack Leach, then Mark Wood could be in for a long afternoon, a long, a long sort of six, five and a half, six weeks. Can England play Tung and Wood together? I'm sure they can. And just a, a little note on, on Josh Tung. He got his fifth wicket at Lords today. And a lot of talk about question marks on, on the big lad. Um, his fifth wicket. Was he's was in the 79th over of the of, of the day of the game, so of the third innings. It was he's just into the 80s, 19th over, and it was at 87 mile an hour, and that for me was pleasing. That's that's what I wanted wanted to wanted to see about Josh Tung. 
Not can he bowl fast? Can he bowl bounces? Can he be aggressive? Has he got the durability? Because five days is a long time to bowl. Um, and I think we've got a tick in the box from this week. One massive positive that if Josh Tung does have to play against Australia, not have to play, if he gets a game against Australia, there is a bit of durability there that he's just bowled 33 overs in a test match. He got his fifth wicket at 87 mile an hour in his 19th over with an old ball. That's a good thing for England. It really is. So that's my 11 with Tung potentially coming in with a bit of help if need be, along with Broad um, and fingers crossed Stokes can bowl. Brilliant stuff. Homer, you'll be back with uh, Neil Manthorpe for the Cricket Collective. That'll be dropping into your uh, podcast inbox either late Sunday or early Monday. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday recording the County Cricketer and uh, you'll be with Simon O'Donnell next week um, for Road to the Ashes. That will actually be appearing on Thursday morning of the World Test Championship final. Actually, no, Wednesday, Wednesday morning, uh, morning of the World Test Championship final. So loads to come here on the uh, following on feed. Thanks for joining us. Myself, John Norman, and the main man, Steve Harmson. How's Charlie? What's the score now over there? Uh, 52 for three. He's got two, he's got two wickets, so we're going all right. There you go. Live reports as it happens. Wickets as they wickets as they fall here on the following on podcast. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.